0: Hello and welcome to Valley West Cinemas. I'm your host, Aaron, and this is the podcast where we take a group of related films and eliminate all but three. Today I am joined by Tara. Hello, Tara.
1: What's up, guys?
0: I have my list and my red pen ready because today we're discussing modern Disney animated films. The list we'll be discussing today are the movies that Disney has made since the acquisition of Pixar. In the late 90s up through around 2000 or so, Disney's 2D animated films pretty much tapered off. I think Tarzan may have been the last one. A couple years after that, they had Home on the Range. But essentially, once Pixar became part of the Disney family, they mostly only released the 3D animated Pixar films. It took a number of years for Disney Animation Studios themselves to make their own non-Pixar animated films, which are all, for the most part, 3D animated. There's actually only one 2D animated film on this list today. So these films are not the Pixar ones. These are made by actual Disney. These are Disney-produced, Disney-made. Tara, do you miss old school 2D animated Disney?
1: I kind of do, actually. I'm not sure if that's going to make it sound like, oh, in the old days it was so much better because it wasn't on a lot of things. Well,
0: not every movie's perfect, But but they made a lot of good movies.
1: They did make a lot of good movies. And I think a lot of the 3D stuff, not saying everything, but even Toy Story falls under this. It's got the uncanny valley. It looks too plastic, too perfect, too shiny.
0: Well, I like how you said Toy Story looks too plastic.
1: (laughs) But the 2D animation has some kind of, I hate to say like heart and soul of it, but...
0: There's a magic to it, although it is kind of funny because a lot of the later 2D animated movies were made in computers anyway. I think Rescuers Down Under, all the way back in what, 90? Actually, wasn't it Rescuers Down Under 90?
1: I remember seeing that in the theaters with my dad. It came out
0: so at the same time as Ghost because I remember wanting to see it. My mom took me to see Ghost instead and I was very upset.
1: 2D animation was pretty much every movie I saw as a kid. You know, we're talking Disney golden age. There was still a lot of nostalgia, not just nostalgia, but also the love for how the 2D movies look mm-hmm. and how they feel. And it's not just the, the mental image of seeing some dudes like in the, the making of or Pinocchio or older Disney ones where there's guys bent over a desk scribbling and and movie paper around.
0: And unfortunately, as much as we do like those 2D animated movies, like all of the 90s output, if you look at Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, all the way up through Hunchback and Hercules and Tarzan, not Pocahontas.
1: Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) Lilo and
0: Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is great. As much as I miss those, and as much as I love Pixar, and you can listen to our Pixar episode, I do like a lot of what Disney has done. I do like that they didn't just sit back and let Pixar make all the movies. They actually still continued their animation studio Even though I do miss 2D animation, and we do have one on here to talk about, which will be nice.
1: 2D's never coming back.
0: 2D's never coming back.
1: In the same way, I'm sure there were people back in, what, the 30s and 40s who were thinking, man, silent films are the best thing ever. All of a sudden, they introduced audio, and the movies are totally different.
0: You're not wrong. They thought talkies were a gimmick, like 3D. It's
1: never going to be mainstream again.
0: It's never going to be mainstream. And when somebody takes an old style, like black and white, silent, stop motion, it's usually either pretentious or meant to be quirky it's meant to be almost like the sort of hipster idea of taking a typewriter to a park bench to write the great american novel you know
1: at least i'm making art
0: and again it does go back to appreciation i like stop motion
1: i love stop motion (laughs) we're
0: gonna go down this rabbit hole of all the old technologies (laughs) we used to like i like the old days Uh,
1: the old days weren't better you know back in my day i had an onion tied to my book because that was the style at the time
0: an onion what does that even mean that
1: was a thing from the simpsons dude
0: There are 33 seasons. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) All that aside. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, The movies we'll be discussing today are Bolt, The Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Frozen, Frozen 2, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, Moana, Raya and the Last Dragon, and Encanto. Some people have given me some crap for how I pronounce Encanto. I'm sure I am... Probably not entirely saying it correctly. And And Encanto. For me, the first obvious cut is Frozen 2. I did not like Frozen 2, really at all.
1: I'm going to agree. I did not like Frozen 2, but I have a lot of friends who, not to get off on the side note of Frozen 1, love Frozen. Oh like, yeah, Frozen I'm, is no, good. I mean, they played the soundtrack nonstop until Frozen 2 came out. Anything I got them for their birthday, for Christmas, for anything was Frozen-related, and they probably have every piece of Frozen merchandise ever made that isn't in the Disneyland park. When I ask these people about Frozen 2, you just hear crickets.
0: I like Frozen 1. I like Frozen 1 a lot, actually, and I'm hanging on to it for now. I can't say if it'll be one of the three, but I am not cutting it yet. The villain is great. The Duke of (laughs) Weaselton is very funny. I like the songs. Frozen only has one Horrible, horrible, horrible parts. And I said that three times on purpose because it's that bad.
1: Are we talking the trolls?
0: We're talking about the trolls.
1: Not just Olaf, the trolls.
0: The trolls. I like Olaf. Olaf was overplayed, overused,
1: oversaturated.
0: Oversaturated everywhere to the point of annoyance. But in just the film, in the original film where you first meet Olaf, I like him a lot. I think he's funny. I'm not going to hate on Olaf. I will hate on maybe how they used him later. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to hate on Olaf in the first film. But the trolls are so awful, they are so terrible, and Disney has this weird thing, that, and I think we talked about it actually in our Shrek versus DreamWorks episode, where sidekick songs are always so bad in a lot of these movies. In Hercules, you have the terrible Phil song. Oh, <laughs> in Hunchback, you have the terrible Gargoyle song. In Frozen, you have the terrible troll song. I just hate the trolls. So, so much.
1: (laughs) I'm of the mindset that the trolls are the real villains of the film. Because up until that moment in Frozen, you don't see anything wrong at all with Hans.
0: I love what they do with Hans. I love the...
1: The the twist villain. The reveal,
0: the twist. They do such a good job with showing them what you think is falling in love. You see them falling in love. You have that song that they sing together. And it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. It seems super cute. And yeah, you can laugh at her and the characters kind of laugh at her too for getting engaged the day that she met someone. And so you sort of buy these relationships. You buy love at first sight because they've done it for 80 years in Disney movies. They don't telegraph that he's bad and manipulating her. They sell it like it's real because most of the time you would have a character, you know, go behind a wall and twirl his mustache or sneak away and talk to one of their minions. And so, you know, like, "Uh uh-oh, don't believe him.
1: Oh, like the trolls do in their song, in other words.
0: Sure. I don't even buy what you're talking about.
1: They sing in their song. They're singing to Anna and Kristoff. It's a song that is so out of place and so badly done. The only good part about it, other than when it's over, is that they do let slip, hey, she's already engaged to someone, but the trolls just say, hey, it's just an obstacle to overcome. <laughs> Disney has this thing about twist villains. I think they the do. first one they did in the series was what, maybe Wreck-It Ralph, where it had the twist villain in it? Um, On the list. In oh, on this years, list. Yes. I'm not talking like Ursula, where you could tell she was bad from the start. Jafar was bad from the start. Scar was bad from the start. The twist villain, I think, started with King Candy.
0: Are you complaining
1: about it? I'm saying that Hans being the villain makes no sense. That is a downside of Frozen to me. Frozen 2 doesn't even really have a villain other than, what, their ancestors that have been dead for so many years?
0: That's two different points, so I guess I have to address very quickly. I disagree with the problem you have with Hans. I like what they did with him. I like the falling in love manipulation, and I like the reveal.
1: I love how they used Hans. I just don't like the result that, oh, he was evil all along. Why would he reveal it all?
0: I mean, I just don't see the problem. (laughs) I I, I just don't see that problem at all. I I have zero issue with what they did with Hans at all.
1: Not to mention, Kristoff should have just been with Elsa because, I mean, dude, he's in love with ice, and she makes ice. That's like a perfect relationship right there.
0: The other point you made about Frozen 2 and the story, the weird conflict with the ancestors caught in the veil, it sort of rolls into present day, I guess. And the weird conspiracy with her parents and the assassination attempt. I don't care for any of that at all.
1: Frozen 2 had a big problem in that Frozen 1 was pretty much just printing money nonstop. That was a problem? No. One problem with Frozen 2 is that you get the idea there were a bunch of Disney executives sitting around in this big table and saying, okay, Frozen 1 made a ton of money. We need to build on this story and make people want more Frozen, which is great. So obviously you need some good music.
0: I don't remember any of the songs in Frozen 2.
1: I know Into the Unknown.
0: Frozen 1 has one of the best I want songs ever. And what I mean by that is almost every single musical, animated or otherwise, has one of the main characters sing what's called an I want song, where they sing out loud and tell the audience what their goal and motivation is.
1: Part of your world, pretty much.
0: Part, yeah, exactly. And Frozen's I Want song is Let It Go.
1: Frozen stories kind of doesn't make a lot of sense when you sit down and actually look at it, you know, seriously and critically.
0: Why would but, you look at Frozen story critically?
1: <laughs> but Elsa was originally a villain. Yeah. She was She was the bad guy.
0: Production started with that. Yeah.
1: And then they wrote the Let It Go song and they're like, oh, wait, I can't think of the last song that was a Disney soundtrack song that was on the radio other than like the...
0: The early days of Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin maybe.
1: Yeah, but even that was like the like the Elton John version of the Lion King songs right, were on the way exactly. It wasn't actually... The- yeah.
0: And Walt Disney was trying to make a Snow Queen movie all the way back in the 40s. It took them wow. that long to get to Frozen. The Snow Queen story, I'm not particularly familiar with, but the Snow Queen, so who would be Elsa and Frozen, is kind of a villain, right?
1: She is, yeah. She takes the heart of a little boy, I believe. Frozen 1 was pretty good with, I mean, all their music was amazing for Frozen 1, except for the troll song. We're ignoring the Trolls song. I hate song. the Trolls. Even Olaf's song kind of got on my nerves because I'm like... In summer? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I, I think, again, the problem is that Olaf is used so much after the movie that it's just too much of him.
0: It's almost like the first time you see Frozen when it's new, he's a sidekick, he's a side character, they use him in small doses, and for me, at least, he was still very funny and very amusing. But the abundance of products, commercials, short films, sequels, just ridiculously everywhere. And so that saturation might make you kind of hate him. Except if you look at Frozen 1 in a bubble, Olaf is still pretty great. I still kind of like Olaf.
1: I I think the biggest problem with Frozen 2 is that they had too many ideas they were trying to cram into one movie. Someone said, hey, we're going to have a a mystery about their parents. They 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 died because they went off to find out the source of Elsa's power, but... Mother, the queen, was actually raised in this village where magic is normal. So when her daughter is born with magic ice powers, it should not come as a surprise.
0: There is steam coming out of Tara's ears right now. (laughs) No, um, I'll simplify. How about this? Frozen 2 does not have any good songs other than maybe the one, Into the Unknown. It does not have any good new characters other than maybe the cute salamander that doesn't speak. And the mystery is completely not interesting.
1: And the last bit, I I know one reason why a lot of my friends hate the movie is the ending. And I don't mean the ending where Elsa manages to travel at the speed of light on a giant water horse. I mean the fact that these sisters are separated at the end. Which, again, makes no sense at all. They say there's five spirits. You've got the fire spirit. That's a salamander, right?
0: I don't know, but you care way too much about Frozen (laughs) 2. I... I, Let me I, finish this. I know I was done 10 <laughs> minutes ago. I don't can, like Frozen 2.
1: You've got the rock giants. Okay, so we've got fire. We've got rock, earth. We've got air.
0: And then you have Captain Planet when you combine them. I get it.
1: The point is that they shoehorn Elsa into being this amazing thing. Like, oh, she's part of the, the, the elements and the spirits. It really should have just been Anna instead.
0: I mean, if, if if I may, it would have probably been better if they'd given Anna something to do. Elsa already had her journey. If we're comparing one to two directly... Part one is kind of, I would say, an adventure film. It's a romance film. I don't get adventure or romance at all from Frozen 2. And I'm not saying they have to be the same. You can have Alien and Aliens and be completely different movies. That's fine. They could have made another adventure film. They could have doubled down on romance, on music, on something. They could they Really, just they could have done anything. I just don't like what they made.
1: It was just a mishmash that didn't work out well.
0: Obviously, we're both crossing off part two. Are you keeping part one?
1: I'm going to keep part one for now.
0: Okay. I love the first Wreck-It Ralph.
1: One of my favorite movies of all time. Just the first one.
0: (laughs) Just the first one. It's a
1: pity they never made a sequel, but the first one is so amazing in pretty much every way. The animation is great. The story is great. The characters fit with the voice actors, if that makes any sense.
0: Kind of like with Pixar. They cast people who were at least known, if not famous, who really did fit the roles. It benefited the characters in the film to have those people.
1: It's got action it's got the romance which is actually pretty hilarious the cybugs are freaking terrifying
0: it does still end with a beam of light in the sky like every other superhero movie but other than that yes
1: it does make sense why there's a beam of light sure and king candy is terrifying as a giant bug thing
0: i didn't see it coming when king candy is revealed to be turbo and i like that the movie sort of planted going turbo in your brain earlier Mm -hmm. and you didn't quite realize at the time that it had anything to do with the plot I like how the Nice Landers are animated with less frames because they're supposed mm-hmm. to be an older yes. 8-bit, 4-bit, whatever arcade game. And so they move with sort of choppy animation when everyone else is moving and, with clarity.
1: And Calhoun is just like this this very sleek and smooth. And I love the no-nonsense part of her. Mm-hmm. Making a mention of Armageddon having a baby with Doomsday. You're like, this isn't a <laughs> Disney movie.
0: I'm not going to say there's really anything noteworthy as far as being inappropriate for children in Wreck-It Ralph. Even edgy is too strong of a word, but it has a little bit of...
1: A little darkness that you wouldn't expect.
0: But even still, I think that's overselling it. There's not some huge moment. It's not like in the first animated Transformers movie where a character says the S word and audiences and parents became so angry. It's not like that. It's just there are a couple references to relationships, a couple references to death, but they are there. And so some adults will kind of catch on and think, oh.
1: The scene where the kids are breaking apart Vanellope's little cart she makes Mm -hmm. and they're just smashing it and making fun of her for glitching. And they destroy this, and they shove her in the mud, and they're laughing about it.
0: I love part one so much that when it came out on DVD, I played it so many times that the disc got a ring on it.
1: I love this I love too. Wreck-It
0: Ralph. My only complaint is that it pretty much abandons the video game world concept after about 30 minutes. The beginning, they load it full of Street Fighter characters, Final Fantasy references, but once he goes into Sugar Rush, the candy-themed kart racer game, it mostly becomes about candy jokes. And there are a few other video game things sprinkled around, but it mostly becomes about the candy world. The idea of a video game character in a video game world is almost entirely abandoned at that point.
1: The only part I would say to counter that is that the movie's mostly about Ralph and the other video game characters. And
0: and I love it though. I'm not going to use that as a complaint. It was a bit of an adjustment the first time I saw it because I didn't expect it to become a candy themed movie, but it's still great. I love it so much. I love
1: the support group in the beginning where it's got all the bad guys and there's like, thanks Satan. It's Satine. (laughs) The saddest thing about Wreck-It Ralph is that we never got a Sugar Rush racing game that you can actually play by yourself because yeah. they have a video game that's Wreck-It Ralph and it is horrible. The fact we don't have a Sugar Rush racing game is a crime. The only like, negative thing I can say about Wreck-It Ralph is the little gumball guy telling Ralph that, oh, our memories were erased. I don't know anything else. How would you know your memories were erased at all?
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> I never thought about that.
1: I just love the movie. It is a great movie. I'm keeping that. That's one of my three.
0: Absolutely. And I don't hate Part 2 the way you sounded like you might. I do hate that the villain is essentially toxic friendship because there's no real villain in Wreck-It Ralph 2. I have heard some people really connect to Part 2 because it's a deeper movie about friendship and what it means to let someone go because Ralph is kind of essentially a stalker in a sense. So that connection doesn't exist for me. I think it doesn't help that the world of the internet is not as exciting, and it gets a little confusing as to how an animated video game character can make TikTok videos and get likes and make money off of that. It's very confusing. I did love the Oh My Disney segment with the princesses. That was great. And I liked Bill Hader's character of Spamly, the, oh the Spam Bot character. Ugh. But yeah, having a whole movie be about Ralph, in a way, kind of being the real villain, almost like an obsessive stalker sort of thing. And having Vanellope go turbo and nobody cares, I didn't like part two. I don't hate it, but I did not like it.
1: The only words you have to say are Vanellope goes turbo and it's totally fine. No one says anything about it. She goes turbo. She abandons her game. They rewrite the game code, and so now Vanellope can be a character in this totally gritty, dark, death race style car racing game. But she goes turbo. And that was the whole point of the first movie. Wreck-It Ralph turns into, like, the creepy stalker dude, like you said. He like, why? Why is this your bad guy? I'm not expecting King Candy to make another appearance, but you can't tell me on the internet there wouldn't be something better to be the bad guy.
0: It's weird how, especially if you love the first movie, to go into the second one and you just want to yell at Ralph to leave her alone. Ultimately, I don't like what they did really with any of the main characters which is hurtful because I like part one a lot. I like those four main characters.
1: If I have access to the time machine, this is one of the three things I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and find the people writing the story and just smack them all in the face.
0: Yeah, it's sad to want more. It's sad when you like a movie so much and the sequel just completely disappoints. Trying to figure out how a fictional character makes actual money is not done well. That's a hurdle my brain just couldn't get past. The movie ends with Ralph accidentally releasing a virus that duplicates his insecurity. Insecurity and it turns into this amazingly animated giant kaiju of Ralph made up of a bunch of smaller Ralphs crawling on each other and it is creepy as hell when they show all of the inner Ralphs with their faces down while they climb on each other in this weird rhythm is actually scary. It is a genuinely scary creation. It's a cool part of an otherwise disappointing sequence.
1: That's the word we want: disappointment. When you have something that's so great to start with, and it's just so amazing, and then you get the sequel.
0: Here's a comparison to Wreck-It Ralph two to Ralph Breaks the Internet, the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. <laughs>
1: Whoa, there no, you no, 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 no! Hang on, hang on. No, that actually no, makes on. a lot of sense.
0: We have yet to talk about the Pirates movies on this show, and maybe one day we will. There was a problem I had with the sequels that Wreck-It Ralph also does in its sequel. When you take Characters that you like, that the audience likes and has clearly fallen in love with, and in the sequel, you have to manufacture a conflict that separates the characters. Mm. It's disappointing as a viewer. You want to see these characters you like together, and that's not to say that they can't have conflict. Another comparison actually is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. They do the same thing. They make the characters almost regress to where they're arguing again when they essentially leave the first film as a family, and then by Part 2, they're arguing again. For no apparent reason other than the movie has to manufacture conflict and then the characters separate. I want to see them together on an adventure because you like them and you like the friendships that they have developed.
1: So many movies have that where they have to hold a conflict ball. They have to do something or say something. Something has to get blown out of proportion mm-hmm. so now we are no longer friends.
0: In romantic comedies, I refer to that as the big misunderstanding. There you go. They always have to have one where <laughs> have to. where the characters fight And split apart, even though you know they're going to get back together, they always have to have the big misunderstanding.
1: And then the really sad montage of each person in their little apartment. Sometimes they might be crying a little bit, listening to sad music, or they're in a party and they're just kind of sitting there quiet with a little frowny face.
0: Even Wedding Crashers does that. A silly R-rated comedy does that too. Oh God, yes. Long story short, I am very disappointed by part two. I don't hate it the way Tara does, but Ralph breaks the internet to me.
1: Burn it it to the ground.
0: Oh, no. It's a letdown, sure. But I am keeping part one. It is absolutely part of my three.
1: It, it, I won't say it's like quite up there, like with I know you had your Toy Story list, the Toy Story one through three. But wreck and Ralph is serious, like one of my favorite movies. If I was going to be locked up somewhere and they said you get three movies forever to watch, this is one of my three.
0: So not *Chicken Run*.
1: Yeah, I really like that. No, that chicken don't run. you
0: dare rub that in. Um, to double back, what feels like three hours ago, <laughs> 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 I had mentioned *Raya and the Last Dragon*. It looked amazing. It had a great trailer. I love the style of the film.
1: Oh, it's beautiful visually.
0: I hated. The dragon character, I like Aquafina. She has been very funny and very talented in a number of different ways, both comedically and dramatically. I did not like the dragon character. I did not like the storyline or the conflict. The whole movie was just a letdown. Even even the fighting was poorly done, which is weird because it's not like real life actors having to spend months learning coordination, like in the Matrix movies, for a great fight scene. These are animated characters that can literally do anything,
1: everything. The best of your imagination. Can the best be of had. your imagination.
0: The best of those movies that you seemingly want to emulate. I feel kind of bad. I wish I had more to say, and I'm sure someone out there loves Raya and The Last Dragon, but...
1: I mean, the trailer was just amazing. And then the water, how the the water moves like in everything. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Again, it's...
0: It's very well made. But... None of the characters, none of the story.
1: This seems like it should have been like a short film. Again, it kind of threw back to the Avatar The Last Airbender. Everything was at peace. And then one day, Talon screws it all up and they break the dragon heart. And now everything's ruined again. We didn't need the opening 10-minute sequence like they did in Wonder Woman. I didn't that mind was, that. That was just too long, though. Like, they could have literally had that be like a one-minute, a two-minute thing.
0: One comparison I would make maybe is to the live-action Mulan, where in Mulan it's done badly, and in Raya I would say arguably not done badly. But in Mulan, she doesn't have to learn to become great. She starts the movie as almost essentially a Jedi <laughs> with her, with her
1: the flying, right? fighting
0: abilities. And in Raya, I buy the world of Raya and the Last Dragon.
1: Raya had a lot of promise, but they had too much stuff to try and fit into one movie. And that's why the characters are all kind of flat and boring. And can you name off any of the characters besides Raya and Sisu?
0: I didn't even know that that was the character's name. Is that the dragon? Yeah. As visually beautiful as it is, I'm never going to watch Raya again.
1: The story's just kind of boring, which is hard to say when you're talking about dragons and people being turned to stone because of monsters.
0: And you can kind of see how with these other movies that have come out in the last few years between Raya, Moana, and Encanto, no one talks about Raya. The other two people still love, people still watch, but Raya never comes up.
1: And again, I think if they had just made this uh, a short film, like just showing little bits of it and then had a series on Disney Plus, I mean, honestly, it was just that like not as bad as Chicken Little, but it was still pretty close to it.
0: Well, luckily we're not talking about Chicken Little, although that is one of the more recent Disney-made animated movies. But it's bad, so we're not talking about it.
1: I don't hate it the way I do Wreck-It Ralph 2 because it's just not interesting enough to hate.
0: I don't really hate any of these as much as I don't like Frozen 2. I don't hate any of this list.
1: I dislike Raya. It's boring. Oh yeah, me
0: too. Me too. I'm going to combine the next two, Bolt and Big Hero 6.
1: Bolt is that one that is the John Travolta dog that thinks he's a real superhero dog and really...
0: Yeah, he's on a TV show where he's a super dog. And the gimmick, I guess, with his training is that he thinks it's real. So he thinks the special effects are real. He thinks that his human is really in danger. So when they're filming and like he barks and a car goes flying through the air, even though it's a special effect, he thinks it's real.
1: <laughs> but okay, I don't understand the point of why they have Bolt think it's real. It's like Buzz Lightyear made sense.
0: If if your issue is the central concept of the movie, then what else is there to talk about?
1: Obviously, the tearjerker scene where he gets back to his girl after they've been separated, and he sees her with a lookalike and how she's loving on him, and it just breaks his little doggy heart. Mm -hmm. But at that point, he already knows it's all fake.
0: But he loves her. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Bolt is a lot of fun. It has a lot of good laughs, especially the hamster. I like the pigeons. I like how the pigeons are looking at him with a billboard of him and they're just completely (laughs) lost as to who he is. And they keep saying, wait, it'll come to me. It'll come to me, you know? I like Bolt. I'm not keeping it, but I do like it. It's a fun movie. I like the concept. I like the ego, especially with John Travolta. If you know anything about John Travolta in real life.
1: It was made for him.
0: The idea of this dog having such an ego to where he thinks that he's a superhero and he's not. And of course, things keep accidentally working in his favor, kind of like falling with style in the Toy Story movie. (laughs) I will defend Bolt. Again, not keeping it, but it's a good movie.
1: It's kind of a forgotten Disney one, though. Like, not many people know or remember it. Yeah,
0: not a lot of toys. If you go into the Disney store, I don't know if there are Bolt toys. I don't see Bolt t-shirts.
1: I remember seeing, again, Bolt more in pet stores. Like, hey, you could actually buy... A dog. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But you could buy leashes and collars and the, the hamster wheel or all kinds of hamster stuff for Rhino.
0: I'm sure it had toys when it came out. But again, like you said, it's a sort of forgotten film. I am also crossing off Big Hero 6, just like Bolt. There is a lot to like in Big Hero 6. I don't really have many complaints. I think Baymax is great. I Bay love Max. Baymax.
1: Baymax is the only reason I like the movie. Yeah. The human characters are all...
0: Oh, cool. no. I like I like annoying. everyone. Annoying. I wouldn't say annoying. I would say they're all very limited. They don't That's give it. a lot of character to any of the characters. They're all... Incredibly one note, but not in a way that really bothers me. It's it's fine.
1: I like how the main dude's name is Hero. We couldn't possibly have the bad guy named Dr. McEvil Dude or something like that.
0: The joke she's making is that the Japanese name Hiro sounds like Hero, <laughs> which is definitely an obvious choice when they made the film.
1: And I will say I feel kind of bad for the guys that made Big Hero Six because that was a movie that came out right after Frozen.
0: The villain isn't great, the but that's fine. Cool the, the animation's the cool. I love the box. San Fran Sokio, the combined oh, San Francisco yeah. <laughs> Tokyo aesthetic.
1: The little microbot, the animation for those scenes is awesome. There's Kinda even creepy a creepy though.
0: There's even an animated Stan Lee cameo. There are things to like. It's not the greatest thing ever. It's enjoyable. It doesn't have as many laughs, but it is cuter and maybe a little sadder and softer because of Baymax and the death of the brother early in the film.
1: Which was just... Are you going to complain about the death of the brother? You are not helping anything by running into a burning building. Don't
0: compare that to real life. Come on. No,
1: I'm saying that he didn't have to die. I know he had to die for the story to progress, but he actually didn't have to.
0: Ghosts come out of a box in Mount Nazis.
1: We're not talking about (laughs) your Indiana Jones thing.
0: Um... But I am crossing it off only because I see what else is on this list, and
1: I still see Baymax stuff all over the place, but Baymax, nothing, yeah, nothing with anyone else.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and cross off Winnie the Pooh. It's a cute, small, 63 minute movie. Probably the shortest movie I've seen in theaters. And it was in theaters most though. of my entire life, probably.
1: It blows my mind that a Winnie the Pooh movie. This is not the Christopher Robin movie. This is an actual Winnie. Yeah, the this the Pooh is the animated
0: movie. 2011 Winnie the Pooh movie, not the live action Ewan and McGregor movie called Christopher Robin. This was just called Winnie the Pooh. It had songs by. I believe the band name is She and Him, Zoe Deschanel's band. She performs some of the songs. Sure. It's good. In fact, I would actually say Winnie the Pooh is great, except it's a very slow, simple, melancholy film. It exists mostly for essentially toddlers or people who are over 35 who look at it and can be wistful and have regrets about life. It's really just about <laughs> imagination and emotions and a kid playing with his toys on a hill. And that's really it. There's no conflict. It's just a sweet, calm, simple film. And it's great. It's excellent. I like Winnie the Pooh a lot, but I'm not keeping it.
1: I'm just still trying to figure out that they put this in theaters. So there was the Piglet movie, the the Tigger movie. There was no Eeyore movie because we know how that would end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but those all had stories with them, right? Yeah.
0: And the Winnie the Pooh movie is a little more, again, to use the word melancholy. The other ones did match the Winnie the Pooh style. They did still have that sort of simplicity with the Tigger movie and Piglet's Big Adventure and the Heffalump movie. But Winnie the Pooh is pure, concentrated Winnie the Pooh nostalgia. I think most people would probably be bored by it.
1: I don't even remember this being in theaters, but I mean, I I remember Baltimore in theaters than Winnie the Pooh.
0: Yeah, it kind of came and went. I don't know how much money it made. It's a very simple movie.
1: I'm still crossing it off. Oh, no, I'm
0: crossing it off too. It's really good, but I'm crossing it off.
1: We're cutting this down pretty quick.
0: Four of the five ones that we haven't talked about yet are all very popular for different reasons. Tangled, Zootopia, Moana, and Encanto. The fifth one, though, is Princess and the Frog, which I imagine most people would cut off, except I'm going to say I love Princess and the Frog so
1: much. Which part? All of it. (laughs) I mean, I know you are like the biggest New Orleans. I'm a huge New Orleans person. I'm going to say as the last 2D movie Disney made, it's got a special place in my heart. I love the fact that it's 2D. I love the animated styles. But I rewatched it recently, actually, and I cannot believe how Looney Tunes so much of it is.
0: They do go a little goofy with the humor. It has sort of a loose feel. It's not quite at the level of The Emperor's New Groove. It sort of, to me, balances that line between a little too silly and a little too sweet. And I think it's great. I love it. None of the songs bother me. I love it so much. And I know on the show, we're supposed to critically weigh favorite versus best and important I don't know that it's important other than it was the last 2D animated movie that they released to theaters.
1: The frogs just look so rubbery.
0: They're not going for realism. And maybe we're a little spoiled with (laughs) other movies, but they are not drawing for realism. The frogs don't look like actual frogs. They don't move like actual frogs.
1: But I mean, dude, the Looney Tunes even have like frog poachers where it's got, you know, guys chasing after them in a chase sequence with like frying pans and a big dummy like the sidekick i don't know george and getting smacked on the head and with the frying pan
0: and what's wrong with that i see no problem with that i love princess and the frog i love the setting of course i love new orleans for me princess and the frog is one of my three which means which means of the other four films and frozen i can only pick one of those i'm gonna have to eliminate some darlings for sure i am keeping princess and the frog i have rewatched it So many times.
1: I know what I'm getting you for Christmas then, dude. I'm getting you a bunch of stuffed frogs. Frog legs are good. I liked the bad guy. I loved his song. Mm -hmm. And I actually like Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Charlotte is hilarious. Now, if she was the main character, it'd be way too much. But as like the, the supporting character, she's in the perfect amount.
0: So Tangled, Zootopia, Moana, and Encanto. Those are some good movies. They are. The one that immediately comes to mind as far as cutting would be Zootopia.
1: I kind of got to agree with you because I love Zootopia. Oh, we agree. It is a agreed. great movie. <laughs> but by comparison, I mean, I'm kind of surprised they don't have a series about Zootopia by now. You know? Eh, whatever. I mean, it was a great movie, but again, it's kind of faded. Like, not many people talk about it too much anymore. Um,
0: no, it's, it's it still has a strong presence, like, on Disney Plus, at least.
1: I love how, like, she's the only cop that's not a gargantuan animal. So she's the only police officer that can actually go to, like, all the little rodents mm. into their little city. Judy's an awesome character.
0: I like the world of these anthropomorphic animals. I like a lot of the characters. If I have to have a complaint, it has the same problem as a lot of other crime comedies to where the crime story is the least interesting part. If you watch something like Will Ferrell's The Other Guys or Sandra Bullock's The Heat, the crime mystery is when the movie, to me, grinds to a halt. That is the least interesting part. And Zootopia, the crime is the least interesting part.
1: It has so much promise with, you know, these animals turning kind of feral and you find out there's a conspiracy with it. It's fun, but... It, I it's... love the world
0: building. The world building is great and I like the main characters. Jason Bateman does a really good job as the fox. Mm-hmm. I like Judy. It's just, I have to cut something. I'm also going to cut... Oh, I hate to say this. I can just imagine people yelling at me. I'm going to cut Moana.
1: Other than the visuals, I was honestly bored. And that sounds oh. horrible to say. So because... you liked it less than me. I mean, typical princess story. I'm very happy there was no romance in it because I could kind of see that being shoehorned in. I still like the character. I love Maui. He's great and he's funny. The, I like the
0: chicken. <laughs> the chicken was just annoying. Was it Popo or Momo? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. I was close.
1: Hey, hey. The Crab Guy. Jermaine Clement. Very good singing voice. Kind of a fun song. But you mentioned road trip movies before and how you don't like road trip movies. I don't like
0: road trip movies. This
1: literally was a road trip movie. But the visuals were beautiful. I love how they did the ocean. I love how different, you know, how everything looks. It was just so flat and boring other than the visuals.
0: Yeah, it's very well made. And it's okay. Like, you can't connect to everything. Given the concept of the show, I do have to be nitpicky. I don't care for the songs. I know there's that one with her singing on the shore that's really popular, and I know there's the shiny song and the "You're Welcome" song. I don't really care for any of the songs.
1: The best part about the "You're Welcome" song, I remember seeing this, was that the rock that he's sitting down with his four-year-old daughter and they're watching Moana, and he told her, "Hey, look, honey, you know that's Daddy singing," and he starts singing the "You're Welcome" song, and his daughter shushed him and told him, "No, Dad, you're ruining it."
0: That is hilarious. (laughs) Like (laughs) that that is is hilarious. I do like the tattoo art, and there's that whole sequence with those. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really well done. Moana is visually pretty. I love the animation. And again, I do not dislike the film. I like Moana.
1: I like the opening song, though. That was kind of good, too. I mean, I know know it's always kind of boring, but I like some of the music. I liked how they did the the exposition song in the beginning. I know Mm -hmm. Frozen did it, too.
0: That leaves Tangled and Encanto. Encanto is hugely popular right now because it's new. It's a new movie.
1: And the fact that it's still pretty big.
0: It says something. People like it. People really, really like it.
1: I'm going to say I watched it the day it came out. It is not a movie you want to watch if you are estranged from your family in any way. (laughs) The first like 10 minutes of Encanto, are going to have you crying like a baby.
0: I like the songs. I like the animation and the characters. I like Mirabelle. She's fun. My issue with Encanto is that, once again, so much of the conflict exists only because of a stubborn matriarch. And they did that in Coco. And they're doing that again in Turning Red.
1: I like Encanto. 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 I'm going to (laughs) say I like it. However... It does have, I think this is one of the few movies where if Disney had done maybe five or ten more minutes, it would have wrapped up most of the issues people have with the movie. Anything about Bruno before he was revealed to be in the house, because...
0: So you're saying that you wish that they had given us a little more backstory in the beginning?
1: Yes. It could have seriously been as opposed to Grandma sitting there and just telling her, okay, this is what happens. Show it. Show each of the kids getting their powers, getting their door. Build up that whole, oh my God, this is going to be a great thing and then cut away right as she goes to open her door. When you think about the different powers they have, there's probably a lot more that they could have embellished on. Like the lady that influences the weather, Peppa, is the weather affected by her mood, or can she actually control the weather?
0: I don't really care about that at all, because I think they give us enough. And also, too, the powers aren't that interesting. The weather one is kind of scary, what that might imply. Yeah. And the movie plays it kind of comical. You see a cloud following her around. But some of these people have powers like, They make flowers grow, which I'm sure is nice, but that's not really an (laughs) X-Men.
1: That's actually probably one of the better powers to have in the movie.
0: The movie does tell you that she just grows flowers, and then she learns that you can actually do something else, which is part of the message of the movie. Yeah. She doesn't start the movie as Poison Ivy. (laughs) She starts the movie as someone who could only grow flowers, which feels like a kind of silly power. The cactus moment is kind of cool. I like Encanto, though. I'm not keeping it.
1: I'm going to hold on to it for now until we look over Tangled, because I do like Encanto. I like the fact that... It does have such fun songs. Again, we could have used a little more explanation with parts, mm-hmm. but I do like all the character designs. The characters are all really, really done well. They all look amazing. Mm-hmm. Visually, it's far better than Milana, and I hate to say that just visually, but it is. I mean, honestly, I do really enjoy the, the conflict because it's not just... Mirabel having a problem with one of her sisters or one person or just her abuela because everyone in the family is trying to make abuela happy.
0: I will say that I agree with you in that regard because a lot of these movies, they would try to throw in some sort of a reason as far as it being in part her fault. and it's, it's not. not. It's and, not at
1: all. It never explains why she didn't get a power. And she didn't she's get happy.
0: One. She is a happy person. She's not trapped in a tower. I like that the conflict isn't necessarily driven by Mirabelle having any issues with her situation. The movie does explore that she is, in a sense, disappointed that she doesn't have a power, but she is ultimately presented as a happy character.
1: She is, and And she's trying to help her family still.
0: Yeah, she's not running away like Moana.
1: With her sisters, we do see how the super strong sister, Luisa, treats her really well. Oldest sister, Issa, doesn't really like her, kind of treats her like crud. From what Issa can see, her life is being planned out for her. She has no choice. And then her little baby sister has no power. She doesn't have a way of breathing down her neck. You have to be perfect. You have to be pretty.
0: One sees a perfect sister and the other one sees freedom.
1: And they reconnect in a way that we never see in Frozen.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. I like the movie a lot. I would still keep Frozen over Encanto. We still have to discuss whether or not I'm keeping Tangled over Frozen. But for me, I am unfortunately crossing off Encanto. I am very curious about how I'll feel maybe five, six years from now. Because mm-hmm. it is still a very new movie.
1: When you think about it too, how messed up is that, that this guy's living in the walls, he's fixing up the house, he's trying to save the family, and he hears everybody badmouth him for what? How many years? At least 10 years. I'm going to hold on to Encanto for now. I know we still have to discuss Tangled, but- Encanto. I mean, I don't love everything about Encanto. It's not my at Ralph, but it is still a cultural powerhouse. And I mean, hell, of all the weird things I've been looking at social media, there's so many people who are showing off, hey, look- here is my kid who looks like the kid in the movie. And it's a huge deal for this, like, this five-year-old boy to see, hey, I look just like Antonio from the movie.
0: It does a good job with representation without feeling super obvious.
1: So we're down to Tangled.
0: I love Tangled. I think it's great.
1: Wasn't it originally called Rapunzel?
0: It was, but the thing is, is that Disney and their marketing department didn't want to alienate boys. And so if you actually watch the early trailers for Tangled, it focuses on the Flynn character. Because because they want to bring in boys, because boys go to the movies more than girls do. With Tangled being called Rapunzel originally, they had changed the title because Princess and the Frog, having princess in the name, they felt that its lower box office was a result of boys not wanting to see a movie with princess in the title. And so you have a movie called Rapunzel, which is clearly about Rapunzel. Uh They thought if they changed it to Tangled, they could get young boys to come see it as well. Did it work? Tangled was successful. I don't know what the demographics were. Because every movie they monitor, they know exactly how many tickets are sold to different groups of people. Mm-hmm. And so you can see like, oh, this movie, more women went to go see. Or this movie, teenage boys went to go see. They didn't want Rapunzel to only appeal to girls. I like Tangled a lot. I am torn, actually, between it and Frozen. Mother Gothel Is that how you say M- Gothel? Mother Gothel. Mother Gothel. I like her as a character.
1: She is like evil. And again, if you just watch the interactions with her and Rapunzel...
0: It's so manipulative. It is. And you have
1: to watch it several times because there are so many times like when she goes to to kiss Rapunzel, she doesn't kiss her, she kisses her hair.
0: Mm -hmm. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but if you take Rapunzel versus Elsa and Anna, and then you take Flynn versus Hans and Kristoff, I like the characters just a bit more in Frozen. But I do love Tangled. That is another movie that has been played many times in my house.
1: It's got a great soundtrack too. It does. Tangled just seems to be more... I hate to say fluid, but it looks more realistic even with the CGI mm-hmm. than Frozen does. I don't know if that's just how the lighting is in the movie.
0: Both of them have an exaggerated animated style. Yeah. Frozen has a slightly more cartoony look than Tangled, but barely. Tangled does not look like real life. You know, we're not no, saying that at all. Tangled's
1: got more, I mean, I hate to say like an airbrush look to it, but everything is... I don't softer? Know, softer. Yeah, precisely softer. It's a good movie and Mother Gothel is... Definitely one of the darker Disney villains and how she works it.
0: It's fun when a villain doesn't think that they're evil, but they think that they are right. What makes her such a good character is that she doesn't think she's doing anything wrong.
1: When you think about it, Mother Gothel just made one big mistake.
0: By not killing her?
1: No, she couldn't do that. The biggest mistake she made was saying, oh yeah, those lanterns, that's on your birthday. She never had to introduce the concept of birthdays or lanterns. Yeah, those lanterns, they're just a celebration that kingdom has. We don't go there because those people are evil.
0: Well, it's kind of like the Truman Show or Dogtooth. These other movies where...
1: Dogtooth was so messed up. Oh,
0: Dogtooth is awesome.
1: How do we get in Dogtooth in this?
0: Well, it's because you have characters that are stuck in one place by people who are lying to them to keep them there.
1: Hunchback did that as well with Frollo.
0: And so like you said, if Mother Gothel had just not mentioned the coincidence of those lights being on her birthday then yeah. maybe she would have would have succeeded in her plan i do have to give the edge to frozen With such arguably a yeah frozen arguably is more important and in that turn probably maybe best for a lot of people as well and so i'm going to give the edge to frozen
1: even though tangled does have the better story Tangled's story is pretty straightforward. It's pretty good overall.
0: I don't think Frozen has story troubles that you described. Like, I know you went on at great length about, like, the trolls and if they're really the bad guys. But, like, other than the trolls and their song, I think Frozen is 80% great.
1: Oh, I think it's great, too. But Tangled is also an amazing movie. It just doesn't have the same, like, pizzazz to it. And I'm not sure if it's because it doesn't have a Let It Go song. Tangled didn't have that. It is kind of funny, though, with Tangled that... They're searching for the princess for, what, 18 years? Because she's 18 years old when the movie starts. They just never happen to find that tower that's literally guarded by like a single... I'm it's It's a movie!
0: Um, With that, I am down to my three. Tara, are you down to three as well?
1: I am down to three.
0: All right, what do you got?
1: My three are Wreck-It Ralph, because that's going in the vault with me forever. I will be probably buried with a copy of that. Frozen and Encanto.
0: As for me... Now playing this week at Valley West Cinemas are Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Princess and the Frog. What do you think? Let us know on Twitter at VWestCinemas. If you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Cinemas podcast. And of course, please rate and review wherever you listen. That helps us a bunch. I'm your host, Aaron. I was joined today by Tara. Thank you for listening.